Come on, go ahead and lift your hands this morning. Father, I thank you for your presence in this room. God, I thank you for your spirit as it's moving in this room. God, I thank you that we are not alone, that you are always with us. The Bible says you've never left us nor forsaken us. God, I thank you that, that your, your spirit is moving through, through us and in us. God, I thank you that it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. Holy Spirit, we just give you this room this morning. And I pray this morning as, as we speak the word of the Lord, I pray this morning that, that we, we share your gospel this morning. I pray this morning that every word that I speak is words from you. I thank you that, Lord, you are always speaking, Lord. I, everybody say this. Say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. This morning I ask that every ear is attentive to what the Spirit of God is doing in, our, in their hearts. God, I ask that, that our hearts are open to you. Holy Spirit, we don't just welcome you in the room. We give you the room. This room is yours. This time is yours. And we dedicate it to you in Jesus' mighty name. Awesome. Everybody have a seat. So God has been putting words in my heart, and one of the words that God was putting in my heart is anticipating, anticipation. Like, I, I try to live a life of anticipation on a daily basis. I try to live a life of, of constantly pursuing Jesus, constantly going after the Lord. I try to live a life of, of every day I wake up, I pray, I read my word, I, I get alone with God, I, I walk throughout my day, and I, and I pray, I include God in everything that I do. The Bible says, in all you do, do it as unto the Lord. No, like, that's everything, right? That's not just like, all means, what? What does all mean? All, everything, right? <laughs> and so, so it, the only places that, 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 that it's tend to get out of whack is if I try to take the all things and make it some things, right? If I make my life somewhat given over to God and somewhat given over to my own personal desires or somewhat given over to God and somewhat given over to what I desire in the moment. How many of you guys can agree that sometimes you're trying to get away with something, get your own way and not give your, your ways to God, right? Some, some of you, can you agree with that? Are all you perfect? You're all good? Yeah, I could agree with that. Like sometimes I, I have, how many of you guys ever have an attitude? <laughs> How many of you guys are always just like so perfect? Like you're just a wonderful, <laughs> Matt, you're funny. You're like, oh, I am so perfect, right? But the thing is, is we actually are perfect. We're made perfect in Christ Jesus, right? And so the only thing that's perfect about us is our yielded heart or our humbled heart to the Lord. And as we yield and humble our heart to Jesus, he actually starts to, to, to teach us who we are in him. And so we don't have to try to invent who we are in Christ. He actually shows us. And so I live a life of anticipation. What, what is something that you guys anticipate? What is something you love to anticipate? Anticipate means like, I can't wait until this happens. Racing? Okay, you get have this anticipation. Race, race car racing? Okay, what's something you anticipate? Christmas. Christmas morning. Waiting to tear them gifts open, right? Something that, some other things that I anticipate, I used to do powerlifting, I used to do uh, mixed martial arts, and I get this anticipation like, I'm going to... I'm going to lift that weight or I'm going to beat that dude up or, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to win, right? When you got, anybody's play sports, if you play sports, you have this anticipation uh, that, that you want to win, 
right? You have this mental image and, you, and everybody's carrying you on their shoulders and you're like, yeah, I'm the winner, the champion, I'm here, right? And so you have this anticipation building up in you before you get to the actual main event, right? And so I, I live a life in my, in my daily life. I feel like every day is a main event for God, but I, I feel like I live in this constant state of anticipation. God, what are you going to do next? Where are you going to lead me next? Like, I feel like a walk with God should be an adventure, I feel like, well, I, like it should be like a Jesus adventure. Like every day is something brand new. This is the, 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 every day we give it, it over to God. Every day we give our mind over to God or give our heart to God. The Bible says, Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you must what? Take up your cross daily and follow me, right? And so, so uh, the adventure is this, is constantly yielding our heart to God, constantly yielding our minds and our, and our spirits to God so that we take up our cross. What does taking up our cross mean? That means this. That, that sometimes we have these desires that don't align with God. Sometimes we have these sinful things that we want to do, but don't align with the heart of God. So we have to actually put those things on like, like in our heart, on like an imaginary cross. And let's say this, those things are not what I want. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crucify or kill those things so that I can humble my heart to God and walk with the way God wants me to walk. And so as Christians, it's a constant daily basis, a constant pursuit. The beautiful thing about us pursuing God is he's already been pursuing us. He's always in pursuit of your affections. He's always in pursuit. How many guys, when you walk in the house, the first thing you do is want to go give your mom a big old hug? Go give your dad a big old hug? You know, no, you're like, no, man, I'm not Corona. I don't want to touch nobody, right? Like, <laughs> I don't even care if it's my parents. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just going to say it right now. I, I'm 41 years old. And I'm still a mama's boy. My mom comes around. I'm like, mommy, I love you. I love you, mommy. Come on here, right? I always walk, I'll walk with the store, my arm around my mom. I love my mom, right? And so, so I, I, I love, I love, I love it when my kids were little too. When I'd walk in the house, get home from work, Daddy, Mama, come here. They want they want me pick them up and hold them. And now they don't really do that much anymore. But it's okay. It's okay. I still feel loved. Um, and so so I live in this constant state of anticipation of God. What are you going to do next? Like who can I who can I share the love of Jesus with next? Who is who's going to come along my path that I can I can express your heart to them. That I could, show, I could shine the light of Jesus and show them the love of God. Because you live inside me. The Bible says in, in Colossians 1.27, it, it's this mystery that's been going through all the ages. That it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. So that it's the fact that Jesus lives on the inside of you that gives you hope to give God glory. And as He, he gives you this hope, you actually get around people and you actually become a, a, a resource of hope to other people. Because of the God that lives on the inside of you. See, because when, how many of you guys know, like, like here, I want to I do a, a demonstration. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you guys. I'm going to smile. Ooh. There it goes. There's a smile, right? And so, so there's this thing called mirroring, right? And it's actually, it's actually in, in our brain that when we see someone's face or we see someone's countenance on how they look we actually tend to kind of follow suit with what they look like if they look angry can we kind of maybe look concerned like oh what's wrong right and so we we have a response to how people behave or how how they how they talk or act right and so we as believers have the same has the same impact on people when we walk in the room and we smile or we walk in the room and we say something kind we actually change the the, the room because of who we are in Christ Jesus we actually can, can change the, the atmosphere or the room or the feeling in the, or the vibe in the room be, based on how we feel in our heart. So when we walk in, like how many of you guys know people that are like the life of the party? They come in, it's like everybody's happy now. 
right? How many of you guys are the life of the party? Got one. <laughs> and so, so some of us are, some of us aren't. Some of us are like, I'm a fly on the wall, just ignore me. I'm, I'm just here in the corner, don't say a word to me, right? But God, but, but I want you guys to understand that you could walk in any environment and change that environment with the nature of God that lives on the inside of you. But you have to do that through that anticipation in your heart of pursuing God, like, God, I just expect you to do something awesome, right? On Wednesday night, who was here Wednesday night? There's a couple of you that were here Wednesday night. Wednesday night was absolutely out of this world powerful. Like, we had several students getting healed. We had, we have, um, uh, Alexander's girlfriend got prayed for. She had, like, some kind of jaw issue. And she has had no pain since Wednesday at all. And she, how long has she been in pain for? Years? A couple years? A couple years? And so, so God healed her jaw. Like, she was, like, in pain. And she was having to take medication for it. And she doesn't take the medication anymore because the pain is gone. Right, and so so God wants to, to to live us to live in this anticipation for God to show up and show off. Like, how many of you guys have ever faced like like something bad in your life? Like, it gets rough. Like, everybody has a perfect life. I mean, I I don't like like you face something like like this gets this is going to get rough, right? But I want to I want to help you guys. What if you thought like of that rough thing as an opportunity for God to show Himself in a powerful way? Instead of letting that opportunity make you go into fear, you make that opportunity make you go into faith. Where you're going, God, you're about to show up. Like, like, like this, this thing that looks like it might be hard, you're about to show up and show off, and this is going to be a testimony of what the Satan meant for evil. God's going to turn around for his good and his glory, and he's going to make this situation change on, on, on the behalf of, of his will for the situation. Right, and so so we we want to live in constant state of in, in, uh, anticipation, anticipating Him. Jesus desires for us to live a life of encounter of encountering Him. A life of encounter is living with anticipation that God is going to intervene on your everyday life, your everyday normal, normal what it looks like. Like I don't, th- I, I think a, a normal Christian life should look like an adventure. It shouldn't be apathetic. It, th- it shouldn't be lethargic. It shouldn't be like. Uh, Another day like this. 2020 is lame. Right? What if, what if 2020 becomes like the best year ever? I, I, I was actually praying this morning and I felt like the Lord said that 2020 is like cataract surgery. He's just adjusting our vision. You know, like 2020 vision? Like everybody's like 2020, 2020 vision. It's going to be the greatest year ever. Right? And then it was like March hit and we're like, bam, Corona. Then we're like, June hit. Then we're like, bam, social unrest. And it was like, everything was going crazy, right? And it still is kind of going crazy. Now it's like the fall hit. Now it's like election and presidential stuff and, and all these crazy things are going on. Everybody doesn't know what to think and how to feel. And like, we all get stuck in our house and we're all alone now. And I thought like this was supposed to be like the best year ever, but I feel like it's like cataract surgery and God's really adjusting us to see what's most important. What's most important, man? If you were to bear down all your life, if you were to like tear down all the things that you put in your life, you, and you just to tear down all the things that you, 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 you elevate, what would be the most important? Family, friends, people you care about, people you love, your relationship with Jesus. Like getting alone with God and having time to do it because now you're not barraged by being in school and having all these people look at you and, and, and tell you things and make you feel like you have these, like you have to live up to a certain expectation or standard that they, put, that they place on you. 
right? And so, so now you're, you're at home a lot, you have Zoom calls, but now you actually have more time on your hands to actually get in the Word and pray and get along with God and, and come to youth church on Wednesday nights from 6.30 to 8.30 every Wednesday or youth, or youth service on Sunday mornings at 11.30. Like God is giving you this opportunity. This is a season for you to adjust the things that are going on in your heart to, to get you closer to God, to get you closer to what He wants for you and you to, to be changed and transformed in the power of God. And so... So let's define, let's define anticipation. It's the act of anticipating something. Um, the act of anticipating something is living with expectation or prediction of a future outcome. So we're, li- we're living with an expectation or we're living with a prediction like my team's going to win. Or, or anticipation. You could be both positive or negative. We're going to lose. <laughs> I anticipate this is going to suck. <laughs> right? It's, it's how you approach it. It's how you look at it. Right? You can say this is going to be a win, this is going to be a dub, or this is going to be an L. Like, like you just, you, but what are you anticipating? Right? What are you living for? What are you in expectation for? And is it, is it something you're going after for God for, to show up and show off? Or is it your own, your own uh, uh, opinion? Right? And so, so we can either live for something positive or something negative. In Matthew 6, uh, 33, it says, So above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom. How would you define constantly? Over and over again. again. Never changing. changing. Continuously. Constantly. Always pursuing the kingdom of God's realm. His realm. Meaning His nature. His, like... Like, we have a realm on earth that we live in, and we can let this realm on earth tell us all the negative things about us, or all the negative things about the world, or even some of the positive things about the world. And we can live at this level, or we can draw on the nature of God from heaven and bring down His nature into our now. And live supernatural lives. We're like, like, like where you pray for someone that didn't have healing until you prayed for them, and the power of God went through your faith into their body and brought healing and a restoration to their body, right? Or you start speaking life over somebody and they give their life to Jesus, right? And so, so our, our lives are lived in this adventure of constantly chasing after God, uh, the realm of God's kingdom and, and His righteousness. So righteousness means this, a right standing before God, meaning my heart is rightly looking for you, God. I'm, I'm not, I don't have like a, a bad intent or a bad motive in my heart for you. I'm not praying for you for a Mercedes. I'm not praying to have like win the lottery. I'm not praying that like like the this person gets hit by a car because they 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 said something bad to me or I'm praying that they get sick or like there's no bad motive in my heart. I'm actually pursuing you to shine the love and the kindness of God, right? And so we we live this life of of this motivation in our heart. So righteousness that proceeds from him. So our righteousness is is in Christ Jesus. It's not in ourselves. It's in, the, it's in con- God coming in and changing the motives of our heart. And He changes and shapes us, but the only way He can do that is if we get alone with God and learn about who He is through the Word and through prayer and through fasting and through worship and through all the a- avenues that we look to seek God on our, uh, by ourselves. Then all these things less important uh, will be given to you abundantly. Less, it's funny, He says all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. What would be the less important things? Um, things, made here on earth. things made here on earth? 
What do you think? Well, what are the less, the, the, um, it says, less important things will be given to you in abundantly. Money? Like worldly wealth and yeah. okay, and, and thinking about yourself and not anybody else, yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. So, so the less important things in my in my view would be anything that's not God, right? Anything that's not Him, His nature, His 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 heart, His love, His compassion, like the things that actually are bring us richness in our soul, right? When we are walking in the love of God, we are so secure in our heart, right? Because, because love casts out all fear, right? Perfect love casts out all fear. So when we're walking in the love of God, He actually eliminates the things that are broken. Out of His love, His compassion for us, He brings a transformation to our heart to live a different way. And so God wants us to, anything that's, that's not God is a less important thing. Anything that's not pursuing or anticipating Jesus is anything, anything that's not partici- uh, pursuing Jesus or God is a less important thing, right? And, and Jesus said that if you, if you love your mother or your father more than me, you're not fit for the kingdom of God, right? And so, so we have to love God more than anything else. And that what happens is when you love and pursue God more than anything else, what actually happens is you actually love your mom and dad better. You actually love your brother or sister better. I know that's hard to believe. I know it's hard to believe, right? But, but when you love God so much, he so, he so softens your heart that you become love and that when, you, when you're around people, you just shine the love of Jesus. You're not trying hard to be a good person. You just love Him well. And as you love Him well, your whole life starts to be enveloped or covered in the, the grace and the mercy of God. So, so the less important things are anything that we pursue outside of the nature of God. 1 John 3.1 says, Look with wonder at the, at the depth of the, of the Father's marvelous love that He has lavished on us. He has called us and made us His very own beloved children. The, the reason the world doesn't recognize Him, recognize who we are, is because they didn't recognize Him. When Jesus was on this planet, not everybody was like, oh, that's Jesus. I want to follow him. Many people were actually arguing with the fact that he was the Messiah. He was the one that was to go to the cross. He was the one that was to bring forgiveness of sins. Even, even to this day, some Jewish religions don't believe that the Messiah has actually come yet. Right? And so, so, so I wrote a note. I said, how we live, our, live as believers in Christ will not make sense to the world because it did not, uh, they did not know or recognize Jesus. Your faith in Christ makes you stand out. So what does that mean? That means this, that, that your belief system in Christ Jesus, your anticipation for God to show up or for God to show off in your life, it actually changes the, 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 the place that you're in. You have this different expectation because you know God, you know Jesus, you know that he's, you have a resume, you have a, a, a history with God, and he's, he's done different things that has that that actually brought life to you, 
right? And now you could look back and you could say, you know, I was in this place in my life where I was feeling this or I was feeling so happy and I knew it was God or I was feeling so sad and God brought me comfort or God sent me a friend and this friend uh, spoke life over me. And like I was like you, we, any of us can have this, 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 this discussion of where you were and where God showed up and this is where you're at now, right? And that's called your testimony. That's called your life lived in Christ Jesus. So, so we actually, we actually, uh, our faith in Christ makes us stand out. We look different than those that don't have faith in Christ. And we're not looking down on them. We just look different. We just look different. And then, then our, our, our difference actually encourages others to step up and step out in their faith. Like, like have you ever guys ever seen like, a, like you're getting ready to do something exciting, like maybe go like cliff diving or rope swing or, and, and all this, and you see a friend and you're like, you do it first. And they're like, all right. I dive in, boom, they land perfectly, all works out great. And you're like, well, dang, if they could do it, I could do it, right? And so what I'm saying is this, is if you have a friend that's, that's like bold in faith, doesn't care, doesn't give a rip, just willing to dive on in and go for it, like that might encourage you to step out in faith. Because they have this anticipation, like, I'm just going to go for it, right? And now, now you saw their outcome, now you have an anticipation in your heart, there's more likely a positive outcome for you. So you're just going to go for it because you saw them do it. Or you have a history where you've, you've stepped out before and God has shown up on, in the past when you stepped out and done something amazing for him and now you just anticipate that this is gonna, God's going to do it again. God's going to do it again because that's who he is. It's his nature, right? And so we constantly step out in faith and, and our faith actually makes us stand out in a good way, right? In Psalms 20, uh, 20 verse 7 it says, Some find their strength in their weapons and in wisdom, but my miracle deliverance can never be won by men. Our boast is in the Lord our God who makes us strong and gives us victory. So I don't boast in like natural things. I boast in the nature of God to shine. I have this anticipation that I don't, I don't have to count on natural things. I can count on the God that I serve. I can count on the God that I've, I've given my life to. I don't have to live for my, my natural ways, but I got to live for God's ways. So to continue on in 1 John chapter 3, uh, this is uh, verses 2 and 3, it says this, Beloved, we are God's children. How many of you guys are God's children. Raise your hand. Come on, everybody, raise your hand. God bless you. You're God's children, right? I'm God's, I'm, God, I'm his favorite though. I just want to say that out loud. I'm his favorite. I don't know about you guys, but I'm his favorite and he loves me. Uh, are you guys his favorite? Yeah. Uh, you, you say yes. Just say yes out loud. Use your chest voice. Say, are you God's favorite? Yes. yes. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're all God's favorite. So beloved, we are God's children right now. However, it is not yet apparent what we will become. How many of you guys are in a, in a process of figuring out what you want to be when you grow up? Me too. <laughs> We're in a process of what we will yet become. But we do know, uh, but we do, do know that, that when the, that we finally made, I'm oh, sorry, but we do know that when it is finally made visible, we will be just like him. For we will see him as he truly is. So we see this like nature of God and we're trying to attain this thing. We're trying to walk into this nature of God and we don't see it fully yet, but as we pursue it, we become more like it. As we anticipate God to show his nature and his likeness, we actually pursue that thing. And as we pursue that, that goal of, of, of reaching Jesus, our life becomes more like him. Right? And so we live a life in pursuit of anticipation of him. I don't, here's this thing, I don't want a cultural Jesus. I don't want a Jesus that culture makes up. 
I don't want a Jesus that my parents make up. I don't want a Jesus that everybody else tells me who Jesus is. I want Jesus to define Jesus. How many of you guys want people to tell you who you are? You're this and you're that and maybe you don't agree. Maybe you already kind of have a little bit of an idea who you are. But they're telling you who you are. Right? Maybe it doesn't line up with what's in your heart. How many of you guys would rather actually self-define yourself and then people live, live a life to, to, to respect who, who you are in God? And, and, uh, and, and they, could, they, could, they could come alongside and actually support and not project their opinion on you. Right? So I don't want to project my opinion on Jesus of who I think he is. I want Jesus to define Jesus. And the way Jesus defines himself is through the word. It's through the Bible. I can't invent a Jesus. I can't make him up. And, and if I do, I'm, 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 I'm not living for God. I'm living for whatever I invent in my brain. Right? And so how many of you guys know, how many of you guys know the Bible inside and out? Like You know it so well. Like every verse, you can just quote it. Bam. Me neither, right? So it's a constant pursuit. It's a constant pursuit. I I anticipate when I read the Word of God that the Holy Spirit is going to speak to me and show me another attribute or side of who Jesus is. And I'm going to allow the Word to define Christ, not my opinions, right? Not my ideas. But the Holy Spirit speaking to my spirit to define who Christ Jesus is. I don't get to decide what I want and how I want to live. I don't because I gave my life to Jesus. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me in a life which I now live. I live by faith in the Son of God. See, so many Christians live a life and they, they impose, oh, Jesus was a Democrat. Oh, Jesus was a Republican. Oh, Jesus was a liberal. Jesus was a, I mean, come on. Jesus was a hippie. Come on. Stop. Stop. Just stop it right there. Jesus is none of those things. Jesus is the Son of God. He defines Himself, right? And so we can, we can all, sometimes we agree with the Jesus that we want to agree with, but the, the, the truth of the, fact, of the matter is, is, is He is who He is. He is the great I Am. He is the beginning, the end, the Alpha, the, the Omega. He, he defines Himself. He's way bigger than my problems and way bigger than my, my situation and way bigger than anything I ever faced in life. That's who Jesus is. So I have to count on Him to define Himself. In verse 3, it says, And all who focus their hope on Him will always be be purifying themselves just as Jesus is pure. If I focus on Jesus, He purifies me so that I can walk in purity, so I can walk in righteousness, a right standing, a right heart before God. I don't have to to make my my life righteous. He makes me righteous. He makes me stand out. In Romans chapter 8, verses 18-23, it says, I am convinced that any suffering we endure is less than nothing compared to the magnitude of glory that is about to be unveiled within us. And a note I wrote is, this means that, that there is more, uh, uh, there is more, I'm sorry, this means that the more you go through his face, the more you go through in life um, is, is, is an opportunity for God to be revealed. So, so it's saying this, that, 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 that I'm convinced that anything that I'm going through is less than the, the glory that I'm going into. Like anything that I'm facing that's rough or hard, it's an opportunity for God to shine His glory and His likeness on that situation. I don't have to be overcome by, by, my, by my situation. I can be overwhelmed by Him in anticipation for His glory and His wisdom to shine on that situation and show me the way through it. To give me a revelation or a truth 
that I can grab onto that it pulls me into, the, the Bible says, from glory to glory. That from one level of, of goodness to a, a whole other level of goodness of who God is. If I let God define God, He actually pulls me out of my, my silly thinking, my, my low-level human thinking, my carnal mind. He, lets, he pulls me out of my, myself, my thoughts, my... How many of you guys have opinions? How many of your opinions are always right? Put your hands down. Because none of our opinions are always right, right? And so, 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 like, like I could, with my opinions, I could actually formulate an idea that's outside of the nature of God and convince myself based on what I think that God that that's who God is. And that's how people get messed up, man. That's how people get messed up. They just start to define God with whatever they think rather than what He says He is, right? And so, so now, now like I'm going through a situation, it looks, it looks hard, it looks rough, and I'm feeling like I'm all jacked up, I'm all sad, and I'm all bummed out. Are you letting God define you, or are you defining who God is at that moment? You're defining God because you're saying that this situation is horrible, and you're not even looking at God to be your solution. Right? And so when you face something that's rough, you face something that's hard, you have this anticipation in your heart. God, you're, you're going to come through. God, I, I, I pray right now that you show up and show off. I pray right now that you just bring healing to the situation. I pray right now, Lord, that you open my eyes to see what you are doing in this, in this circumstance. Maybe I don't see it, God. I ask you give me understanding that, that I, don't just, I don't trust in my, my, my ways, but I trust in your ways. I seek your face. I seek your wisdom. I seek your, see, I'm going after God. Like, whatever I'm facing, I'm going after God to give, to be my wisdom, to be my understanding, to be my truth. I don't want my truth. I want His truth. So we have to go and search after Him. So I, I, don't, want, I don't want, like, what I go through to, to uh, destroy me. I want what I go through to be a victory for God to show up. I want whatever I'm facing to be a victory. And so the entire universe, it says in verse 19, the entire universe... Are you guys in the universe? Are you in this universe? Yeah. Are you in this realm? Right? Are you in this place called Earth? Are you in this universe? Are you is gravity in full effect? You're actually able to stay on the ground. You're not just floating randomly in some other universe, right? Like you actually like you're on solid ground right now, right? So we're all in this universe. It says this: the entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see God. To see, uh, to, to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. The entire universe is waiting on you to shine. The entire universe is waiting on you to show the love of God. The body of Christ. Not you as an individual, but you as a collective body of believers that believe in Jesus, that, that live a life connected together, inspiring each other to go on, that we actually supply encouragement to each other to seek after God's nature. So we, we have this, this thing called the body of Christ, the sons and daughters of God. It says this for, um, in verse 20, For against it will the universe itself, as it ha had endured the empty futility resulting from the consequences of human sin. But now, with eager expectation, all creation for freedom from its slavery to decay and, and to experience with, uh, with us the wonderful freedom coming to God's children. What's it saying? That, that all the stuff that just got all jacked up in the world through sin, that we're waiting in expectation for God to make it all better again. Right, And so right now we have this opportunity to live for God, live for Him, but we also have this opportunity to choose to not. And that's called free will. That's called I'm going to do my thing and not God's thing. 
right? That's called I'm going to live my way and not God's way. That's called I'm going to have my opinion about who God is and I'm not, I'm not going to let God be God to me. I'm going to define him through how I behave, through how I think. I'm not going to submit my mind to him or my thoughts to him. I'm going to do my thing. I'm an independent person. <laughs> yeah, all these mindsets we just decide that are awesome and they're not. It says this, for against it, uh, uh, will the universe itself has had to endure the, okay, so we talked about that. Um, the longing is the desire, uh, is, the longing is the desire to be seen, heard, and to have purpose. How many of you guys want to be seen, heard, and have purpose? The longing is that desire in you to see yourself walking in your purpose. To see yourself doing the things that you were actually created to do. And it's very simple. You can go to Matthew 10.8. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, cleanse the lepers. Freely God's given to us, now we freely give to others. Right? Go and fulfill the Great Commission. Go and make disciples that make disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So what, you're like, but I want to know what my career is. I want to tell you, as you're going and as you're pursuing your careers, as you're pursuing your schooling, I want you to do this. Ready? Matthew 10.8. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, cleanse the lepers. The, the, the purpose of the body of Christ is to bring healing to the body of Christ through Christ Jesus living in us. If, if we're fighting amongst each other at the body, as the body of Christ, are we bringing healing? See, the same thing that goes on in our bodies when we get cancer, it's our cells fighting against each other. Right? And so the body of Christ actually supplies life through the Christ in you loving and sharing kindness with other people. So, to this day, to this day, we are aware the universe, uh, universal agony and groaning of creation. What is the groaning of creation? Anybody have a guess? The groaning of creation. What is the groaning of creation? To this day, the groaning of creation. What do you think that is? When you're groaning, there's like something wrong. Uh, you're sick. Oh, I don't feel good. Right? You have this thing. You're groaning on the inside for something to be better. Right? You're, you're something in you that wants something better. Now, in that state of groaning, some people fill their life with, with drugs. Some people fill their life with bad relationships. Some people fill their life with, with addictions. Some people fill their life with different things. Some people fill their lives with, with uh, bad movies, bad TV shows, and they, and they, they kind of go and zone out. And how many guys Netflix and you just watch it for hours and you're like season upon season upon season and you just you spent your whole day Netflixing and you, and you didn't really do anything that's producing anything, any, any kind of life of God in your life. You just spent your day Netflixing. <laughs> Right, and I'm not I'm not coming down on Netflix, but man, you, you like pursue Jesus. Don't make that your whole day, right? Pursue Jesus. See, the thing is, is that the world the world wants you to instead of instead of actually having feelings that like produce something good in you, the world wants you to numb out and then just ignore life. The world wants you to to just excuse yourself, and then and Satan. It's actually Satan's goal for you to recluse yourself meaning go and hide yourself away from everybody else so that you can't be the light of the world it's actually a tactic of the enemy to make you feel like you want to be in your corner 
that makes you feel like you want to be in your room. You want to want to be around people. You want to be by yourself. It's actually a plan of the enemy, right? To to get you to do that. So that, and, and then not not I'm not saying pursuing God alone. I'm saying doing other things by yourself. The secret place with God is actually supposed to be redeemed with your with your pursuit of God. But sometimes in our secret place, meaning when we're all alone and the things that we pursue are not God. We pursue self-satisfaction. We pursue our own interests. We pursue whatever that may be, whether it's sin, addictions, uh, whatever it may be. Well, you, you guys name it. You guys know what I'm talking about right now. Like, I could, I could probably list a bunch of things off. You'd be like, yeah, I'll say, yeah I've done that, right? Like, I've, that's I've, sin. I've done that, I've done that sin. <laughs> like, how many of you guys have sinned? You're all perfect? Yeah, yeah, me neither. I'm not either. I'm not perfect. Like All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so in that secret time, in that secret time, we can actually pursue something that's not God. And so what God wants us to do in that secret place is actually engage our heart to pursue after Jesus, to pursue His, His, His nature, His presence. And it says, to this day, we are aware that the universe, universal agony and groaning of creation as, it, as if were in contractions or labor for childbirth, that the world is actually in like a state of anxiety waiting to have purpose. And so instead of finding purpose in God, they find it in what the world says that gives them purpose. And they define themselves with the world standards instead of God's standards. And the world standards, that's why you can have people that are, are rich as can be, or you can have people that are, are, are musical superstars or, or actors or actresses, and they can still be totally upset and sad and, and broken and depressed and suicidal and all those things, even though they have everything that we think everybody wants. How many of you guys want two, three, four million dollars in the bank? Amen. I do too, right? But I had all the way back there. But, but I don't want that million dollar, trillion dollar, billion dollar thing in my life to, to take away from my eternal value in God. See, we can pursue the things of the world and let the things of the world that we pursue define us, or we can pursue God in the secret place when we're alone and we're with each other, and then actually grow in our purpose and our destiny. And the Bible says to stir each other up in love and good works. That I encourage you to go do what God is asking you to do. And you encourage me to go do what God is asking me to do. And then we allow God to, to lead us all as the body of Christ into His truth. And as we're led into His truth, we actually become the, the nature that God has created us to become. We actually start walking it out. right? In John 15, it says that He is the vine and we are the branches. Apart from Him... We can bear no fruit, but connected to Him, we can bear much fruit. What is fruit? The fruit of the Spirit. Anybody know it? Yeah. What is it? Love, joy, peace, patience, Bam! You got it, girl? Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Right? And so, so the fruit of the Spirit is you produce love in your life when you're connected to the source of of love, which is God. How many of you guys know how to love people perfectly? You never make anybody ever mad at you. You're never upset at anybody else, right? Love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It's not self-seeking. How many of you guys love perfectly? The only way you can love perfectly is when you love Him more. 
The only way you can shine in anticipation of Him is when you love Him more. When you live a life of loving God more than anything else, and your life is this anticipation, God, show up. God, do this. God, God step out. Step in faith. I just want, I want to see you, you move. God, I, I want to hear your voice. Are you guys hearing? Are you guys with me on this? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Like, like, I want you guys to desire this thing that you seek Him when you're by yourself. You don't seek Netflix. You don't seek Instagram. Snap, he puts his phone away. You don't, you don't seek, you don't seek uh, uh, frivolous things that are just distracting. They distract you. Now, God can redeem those things for a purpose. But how many of you guys know that you can spend hours and hours and hours looking at the same stupid social media platform and have never done anything productive in the last few hours? And it is, that is a tactic. Do you guys understand? I want you guys to understand this. And you might already see this. You might, you might actually have watched the show on Netflix called The Social Dilemma. It actually talks about how social media uses your algorithm of what you tap on, what you look at, and then it feeds you information based on what you look at on a consistent basis. So let's say you like to do uh, underwater basket weaving. We'll just make something up. Now all of a sudden your feed is going to get filled with, oh, buy this product and it'll enhance your ability to underwater basket weave. And then all of a sudden you click on this, you click on fights in the street, and street fights, and all of a sudden now your feed is just filled with street fights. You click on this or you click on that, and all of a sudden now your feed starts getting filled with this, these advertisements starts enticing you. Why? Because it wants to keep your attention. And the longer they can keep your attention, the more, the more products they can push into your face, the more ideas and thoughts they can push into your face, then you actually create a narrative based on what you think is true because now it's only feeding you the information that you mostly like and you mostly look at. And now you just become the most right person in the whole world because everything you look at agrees with you. <laughs> I'm serious. If you watch Netflix, go to The Social Dilemma. It'll, it'll creep you out. Your phone is watching you. And guess what? Your phone has a record of everything you've ever done on your phone. Your computer, your devices, they have a record of everything you've ever looked at on your phone or your device. And it creates an algorithm in your systems to, to speak directly to you. And it's, it's speaking to you to keep you connected to it. And it keeps feeding you, keeps feeding you, keeps feeding you. And then that's how, that's how, they, that's how they make sales. That's how they make money. That's how they, they increase their, their revenues, keeping you connected to those devices. Right? I'm not saying I don't, I'm not connected to my devices. I'm saying that, that, that there is a system in place to keep you numbed out, apathetic, lethargic, don't care. I'm going to isolate myself alone with this device. I'm not going to talk to anybody. I'm not going to grow. And, it, and this, this, this thing is, is actually, it's actually a tactic of the enemy to keep you from living out the purpose that God has for you. And I, am, I have so much anticipation for God to move. It says this, and it's not just creation. We who have already experienced the first fruits of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, um, also inwardly grown and passionately longing to experience our full status of, uh, as God's sons and daughters, including our physical bodies being transformed. I want everything inside of me to be transformed, going after God, that I shine the light of Jesus. How many of you guys, when you come in this room and you hear messages and you hear the worship, how many of you guys experience God? 
In some way, you feel His presence, you feel His peace, you feel His nature, you feel His likeness. I see every hand going up. That's beautiful. You guys can have this on a daily basis. How many of you guys, when you go in your room, do you have the same experience? Not as many hands. Why? Because you're not pursuing God in your room. What you elevate as your attention and your focus is what you worship. If all you're focused on is social media, guess what you worship? Social media. If all you focus on is the next episode in Netflix, guess what you're worshiping? The God of Netflix. <laughs> if all you're doing in your room is, is writing down all your emotional feelings and you're just kind of toiling in all your, your mess and you're never finding a solution and you're just staying stuck in all your feelings, guess what, is your, well, guess what your God is? Your feelings. Feelings are not your God. God is your God. Feelings are actually an opportunity for you to include God into where you're at right now currently. Feelings are like, are like a, a, a gauge on a dashboard of a car. You're running out of gas, you need to get fuel. You're going too fast, you need to slow down. You're, you're putting too much gas and not enough clutch and you're revving up the engine, you're going to blow the engine up, you might, might need to chill out on, 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 on even out the, the gas and clutch, right? And so those things are indicators as to what you need and where you need to bring God into that. If you're feeling depression, God, I don't know why I'm feeling so much despair. I ask you to give me some hope. Shine your light in the situation. Show me who you are. Show me your nature, God. I, I know I'm going through. If you're going through, you're going through. You're not stuck. Right? How many of you guys get stuck in your head sometimes? Thoughts. Circle. Around and around and around and around and around and around. If you're going around and around, are you actually going forward? Are you going anywhere? No, you're just getting dizzy. <laughs> you're just getting dizzy. And then it's like, God, I want to get off this ride. This is stupid. I'm getting sick. <laughs> Right? I'm getting nauseous from I mean, getting dizzy. And then you get up there. How many of you guys ever gotten dizzy? And you get done, you're like, ooh. Like, you can't even sit up on your own two feet. Like, I, I used to do that to my kids. I would spin them around a bunch and I would let them walk and they're like, and like flop over on the ground. And I laughed. I thought it was hilarious, right? And so sometimes Satan is trying to do that with our, with our, with our lives and spin us around and over and over and over again. He's like, ha, go, yeah. And then they'll watch us just fall over. Get off the ride and get into the peace of God. Get off the ride and watch the, and get into anticipation for the Holy Spirit to show up. Get off the ride and say, God, I don't want, to, I don't want any part of that, Lord. I don't want to walk in, in, in depression, anxiety, fear, suicidal thoughts, cutting, uh, what you name it, whatever that, the, the situation is that you're dealing with, addictions. I don't want to walk in that cycle. I want to walk in the nature of God. I want to actually produce something in my heart in anticipation for God to show up and show off so that wherever I go, His power, His authority shines through my life. That I'm not just living a life for myself, but I'm living a life for Him. And when I live a life for Him, it actually produces life in you. And people around me get impacted by the power of God that's working working through me. I'm not something special. I just love Jesus. He is special. Because I love Jesus, He shines. When I love Him rightly, He shows you your value. Because I yield my mouth, I submit my mouth to Him, so when I speak to you, I actually speak the value of God over you. I don't speak my opinions. When I share encouragement to you guys, when I share loving, kind words to you guys, I'm not just saying it because I, I'm trying to be, I'm, I'm that. No, it's Christ in me. My heart is submitted to God. 
Every day, God, I, I just pray this word, this anticipating Him, Lord. I pray this word is, is, is shining in their hearts. They live a life of anticipation for God to show up, for God to show off. See, see last, last Wednesday night, we actually were, were, were going after we saying, God, send revival for a great awakening. God, send revival for a great awakening. We want, we want revival. Revival is, is a heart's being revived where God is going viral through the world and His, and his love and His compassion is shining. Like if you guys click on a video and all of a sudden you click on it again, it's like, well, there's like three million views like within a matter of seconds that video went viral i want the, the i want the power of the holy spirit to go viral through the youth of this of this generation i want to see you so lit up for god that all of a sudden they're everywhere they go the holy spirit shows up in power and might because they believe they have anticipation for god to do what he said he's going to do we don't live a life of just, just humdrum normal normal like ne next 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 i'm bored something new we live a life of God. What do you do next? Come on, God. Show, show me how to live. Show me what to say. Like, Lord, I, I'm in front of this person. I've never really spoken to them before. I, I'm asking you right now, just give me some words to speak over them. Like, show me how to talk to them. Show me what to say to them. Show me how to speak to their hearts. Show, like, give me a word of knowledge. Give me, give me a, a prophetic word. Give me something to speak over their life to show them who God is and show them your nature. Guys, this is powerful stuff. You can actually impact and change the world with the life you live. The world around you is changed, transformed. Not you, but Christ in you, shining through you. Everybody wants to be an individual and everybody wants to be famous and everybody wants to be TikTok famous. Everybody wants to be YouTube famous. Everybody wants, wants, wants to go viral on any one of those platforms. But I'm telling you right now that all that thing is going to fade away. That is the lesser things. God is the main thing. And we have to live a life of anticipation of Him to show up and show off, to show us His nature, to shine through our lives. I'm going to ask you guys to stand real quick. I'm going to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know what's so beautiful about this season, this time, is that we don't have all the, the, the gadgets that we used to have or we can actually use. Like the governor said, no worship. All the things that we find, find try to find comfort in or we got used to. And God's saying, seek me a different way. He's still God. He still has a wonderful nature. He still wants to show up. So it's okay if it's uncomfortable. He's still God. It's okay if it's not what you're used to. He's still God. I'm telling you right now, on Wednesday nights, instead of doing worship, we've been praying. And man, it has been powerful. God has been showing up in power. I actually think, I actually believe in my heart that, that God is showing up more powerfully during times of prayer than He has been, than He was before during times of worship. Because I really, I believe that each student's actually engaging their faith in anticipation for God to show off. Last Wednesday night was so powerful. We had everybody in here shouting to God, like giving God, I mean, it was loud in here. We had, we had over 50 people here at our youth service. Last year, guess how many we had on average on a Wednesday night? 10 to, 15, 10 to maybe 15 on a good night. We actually had to bring extra chairs in here on Wednesday night to fit everybody in here. God is doing something powerful. 
right? He's doing something great. We just have to be willing and open to let God do what he does. Not just put God in a box and put God and say, this is who you are. Not just accept God as what my parents say or God is what I, I, only God I, I've ever learned. But let God define himself. Find him out in the word. Learn who he is through the word of God. You hear me? Pursue him. I'm going to pray that God stirs up a hunger inside your heart to pursue him, to go after him. That you, the same peace you feel here you know you can have daily encounters with Him. Daily. Moment by moment. All day long. Pursuing God. The Bible says, in all you do, do it as unto the Lord. Is all some? Is all part-time? I'm a part-time Christian? Yeah? No? Is all all? Yeah, I'm trying to provoke you guys' hearts to, to step into this. I'm trying to provoke you guys to, to, to want more, to desire more. Do you guys feel me what I'm saying? Does it, are, you, are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you feeling it in your heart? Or are you kind of like, I'm good? God has something more for you. God has something bigger for you. God has a greater path for you. Let Him define Himself in your life by you pursuing Him. And letting Him shine through every circumstance and every situation that you're going through. Many of us have been isolated because of coronavirus, right? And so being, that, being isolated in our houses or being isolated from family and friends and not going to school. What a time you have right now to seek after God. Don't seek after frivolous things that don't produce things in your life of God. Seek Him. Anticipate Him. Anticipate His love for you. Anticipate His mercy for you to shine over you. So Father, right now in the name of Jesus, go ahead and put your hands out. Holy Spirit, I just ask right now, you stir up a travailing holy hunger inside of each student in this room. Stir it up, God. Stir up their faith, God. Stir up their hearts. I pray for a burning sensation of the Spirit to go down in their heart right now. To go down in their stomach to bring hunger to their soul right now in Jesus' name. Anything that's not of God that's in, in any student right now, I curse that thing right now in Jesus' name. And Father, I pray for the mighty hand of God to be upon each student in Jesus' name. Father, I thank You for Your, your mercy. I thank You for Your glory. I thank you for your countenance. I ask right now in the name of Jesus that you fill their hearts with who you are. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 All right, guys. Your homework this week is Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. It's in the New Testament. What did I say? Colossians chapter 3. Where is it at? New Testament. Read it. And then when you read it, say, Holy Spirit... Say, say, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Show, me show me what you're saying, what you're saying. in this chapter.